Thinking Liberty, episode 14. Welcome to Thinking Liberty, the podcast that explores lifestyles of freedom-minded individuals. Join us as we discuss work, hobbies, health, learning, and more while living a travel-orientated lifestyle. Be curious, be open, be inspired, be free. And now, here are your hosts, Zach and Sarah Varnell. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Thinking Liberty. We're coming to you from our mobile studio currently parked in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. So I'm Zach. And I'm Sarah, and we have just completed our first week out of two in Rhode Island, and we have loved it so far. It's been amazing. Uh, the park that we're in, it's it's been great. We have went from a not-so-great park uh, last week to an amazing park this week. I'd say it's definitely in our top five. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, there's a little dog park, which um, our Yorkie Ollie has been loving. Uh, there's a small dog and a big dog section, but... Um, As usual, there's not many small dogs in the small dog park, so we let him into the big dog park some. And, you know, the owners have been pretty friendly and okay with it. And Ollie's just been really having a time getting to meet all these different dogs and play with all these different dogs. And there's a bunch of little walking trails here and a little pond. And this has just been a really great, peaceful park. Yeah, and I've really liked it. It's a great jumping off point to see Rhode Island. We've been able to go to the beach a little bit. And we've gone into Newport, Rhode Island, where all the Gilded Age mansions are. Or, you know, one of them was described as a cottage. It was a cottage for the Vanderbilts back in the day, but it was actually one of the biggest mansions I've ever seen. So thought that was pretty funny. Yes, if only we all could have a summer cottage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's been a great suggestion that we got from a lot of people um, was to check out the Newport Gilded Age homes. And that really was quite fun. I mean, just... Getting to see all the unique architecture and just different things about that area. It was a fun little walking, driving thing to do. Yeah, and we drove by it one day. And then the next day we went and we walked on the cliff walk, which was a lot of fun. We were able to see, you know, these rocky coastlines and just the beautiful picturesque views of the houses and of Newport. And I think there was a lighthouse in the distance and you were just able to see the rocks crashing on the or the waves crashing on the rocks rather and it was just great i really enjoyed that walk and it was really just what we needed after a busy week yeah we went there right after work and it was just peaceful relaxing um ollie got a good walk in we got a good walk in and uh, we took a lot of pictures and we just did a lot of talking and it was a good after work date yeah, and that allowed us to walk behind some of these Gilded Age mansions and see them from a different angle besides just driving through the neighborhoods. I think we walked behind the biggest one, which is called the Breakers, and that was really cool. And we could see that it was still pretty much the same, I mean, at least on the outside as it was when it was built, and that they had just added a gigantic air conditioner outside and had a big, you know flexible pipe going in to like give it air conditioning but other than that it basically looked like you know something that was built in the 1800s late 1800s and it was still in the same architectural style and you know it kind of took you back a little bit not that I've ever been to the 1800s (laughs) 
Yeah, and before we went on a walk there, we actually went to a coffee shop, um, Coastal Roasters, and that was a lot of fun too. We just sat outside and enjoyed the beautiful day, and um, it's right on a bay, so you're really just sitting right next to the water and drinking your coffee, and I'm kind of obsessed now with their peanut butter honey latte. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There was good coffee, and I loved sitting there, just finishing up the work day, being able to see sailboats go by, and there was a working dock nearby with, you know, lobster traps on the dock and, you know, some boats tied up to it and things like that. And it's just fun to see all that going on, and it was very beautiful out there. Um, I can't remember if we were in Newport at the time, but... Really I all, think it's kind of between where we are and Newport. So Yeah, but really all the little cities around here are that picturesque. Especially when you get close to the water. The views are just amazing. And it was great to be able to sit at a coffee shop, work outside, have Wi-Fi, you know, be finishing up and getting to see all this great stuff while having some good coffee, too. Um, and on that day, it was a little bit hot. I know we were both drinking iced coffee and... But the day that we first got here, it was actually a little chilly out for me. And I was wearing long sleeves as we were, you know, kind of getting to know Rhode Island for the first time. I was probably overreacting a little bit because I saw most Rhode Islanders walking around in shorts and t-shirts. But that day was fun because we also went to a polo game at Newport Polo. And we saw Newport play, I believe, Palm Beach. Yeah, and that was, um, surprise, surprise, our first ever polo match that we saw. Um, It's not something that I would have ever been like, yeah, this is something I want to do one day, but I'm really glad we did it. It was a lot of fun. Um, It was just a really gorgeous day. Um, It's pretty laid-back environment. They let you bring in coolers and food and drinks, and you can bring your dogs. So we brought some lawn chairs and a cooler and Ollie, and we just kind of picked a spot and set up and just um, relaxed and watched the horses run around on the field. Yeah, which was basically what it was to us. We don't know anything (laughs) about polo, so as far as we're concerned, we were watching horses run around on the field, but it was a lot of fun. They had a few food trucks there. Um, There were supposed to be some other vendors, but I think the only one we saw were the people selling like Newport polo and Newport uh, merchandise, like jerseys and t-shirts and stuff like that maybe on some of their bigger days like they had you know coming up was the u.s versus mexico so maybe like then with the when the sold out crowds are there they'll have more vendors and things but overall it was a lot of fun it was a beautiful day great to be outside even though we weren't really familiar with polo you know we could appreciate the fact that it looked really hard they were out there, you know, running around on their horses, not running into each other very much, hitting a tiny ball with their tiny stick, and you know that's about all it was to us. <laughs> but it was still really impressive. Newport won, so that was great. Yeah, that was fun. And what I really liked were the rituals. Um, like at halftime, we didn't Stomping know stopping the divots. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know what was going on. We were just standing there. The hey, ha- I did. You guessed what I... was going on. You didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Anyway, you weren't expecting it. We weren't expecting it. But we were sitting there. The bell was rung for the halftime. And then everybody just gets up and starts running out onto the field. And we're like, what's going on? Is there going to be some sort of, you know, halftime show? I don't know what goes on at polo matches. 
But Sarah guessed, and she was right, that everybody was stomping the divots. So everybody went out and, you know, kids, adults, dogs, whatever, they were out there stomping (laughs) the divots back into the ground. And then the other ritual that I thought was really cool was at the end of the game, all the horsemen and women just rode by and gave everybody a high five. People basically you know, created a big semicircle on the field and people were just thrilled to be getting high fives from the polo players. And that was really fun. Um, you know, we didn't actually get close enough to get any high fives ourselves, unfortunately. But I just thought that was a really cool way to interact with the team. And, you know, the kids were loving it. And it's just really fun, something that you don't see in other sports, really. Yeah, and it was just, it was a great afternoon to spend. It was really relaxing and uh, getting to partake in some of the local culture. And uh, like I said, you know, you're allowed to bring coolers in. So on the way there, Zach and I stopped and we picked up a couple of local brews. Um, We picked up uh, one from Graysell Brewing of Rhode Island, uh, Flying Jenny. And that was really good. And then we also picked up a yellow uh, pale ale from Hanging Hills Brewing, which is actually from Connecticut, where we just came from, but that's still pretty local. Uh, And yeah, I don't think, I think it's been a while since we've actually talked about some of the brews that we've sampled on our journey. So um, I don't know, I think we've just been so focused on other things or discussing other things or just had a lot of other stuff on our minds. But uh, we've really, I think, done a pretty good job of (laughs) sampling what Rhode Island and New England have to offer. Uh, so a couple other things that we've tried, uh, Queen of the Yod, um, it's spelled Y-A-H-D, uh, and it's from Foolproof Brewing Company, which is from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and we also went to Coddington Brewing Company, and I had a little sampler of everything that they had on draft, and that's, like, right outside of Newport, too, and then we're yeah. actually drinking right now, what is this, Road Trip, and it's spelled, like, Rhode Island, Road Trip. R-H-O-D-E. Um, yeah, and it's an IPA, and it is from Newport Storm Brewing Company, uh, so maybe we'll try to check out their brewery at some point, too. But it's pretty good, too. It's got a cool little can. It's got a cool little map on it. That's why I like it. Yeah, I really like the map. I'm actually just noticing that. Um, I think that's it. We'll have more, hopefully. We have some plans, and we're not going to let this next week go to waste, so we'll have more to talk about Rhode Island next week when we talk but let's tell you a little bit about the this week's interview we have annabelle and christian from swept together the swept together podcast and they have a really beautiful website with some blog entries and things like that up on there and we talked to them because they are full-time rvers and i know we just got through talking to emily and hudson who are full-time rvers also but i really feel like this interview was completely its own and we got into Completely different subjects, different tangents, just a whole new feel to it. And even if full-time RVing isn't your thing and you're just interested in other types of travel, we talked about that too. I think it has a little bit of something for everybody. Not to give away too much of the interview before we get into it, but you know, Annabelle had been to every continent so far, and she's very well-traveled. And both her and Christian have moved quite a bit and experienced different, you know, places to live before embarking on this journey. Because I really feel like, 
you know, for them moving into an RV for permanent travel was just kind of the next logical step for them because they were already so into traveling. Yeah, I mean, they have a really cool story of how they met. And, you know, before they met, they were both into traveling. And it's part of, you know, what bonded them together in the first place. And, you know, like Zach said, we've, you know, we're full-time RVers and we've interviewed other full-time RVers. And, but the cool thing about traveling is that no matter what method you use to travel, there's always going to be something different and unique about it. And there's always going to be a unique and different perspective. And so if you check out their podcast, the Swept Together podcast, um, they love to dive into the relationship aspect of traveling. And so they talk about their relationship and how they work on it and make it strong and uh, different tips and things that they do that other people can use. And then when they interview other people, they tend to interview a lot of full-time travelers as well. They love to talk about their relationships. So you'll get a lot of different perspectives that way too. And so it's just really cool, um, different aspect to think about. You know, you might think about, you know, well, how do I travel and why do I travel and, you know, how do I get the resources to travel? But, you know, are you thinking about how that impacts your relationships and how that impacts, you know, how you deal with people day to day? And so it's a really unique perspective that I really enjoyed. Yeah, it seems like people can travel even the same way, say, you know, two different backpackers or two different RVers. And their stories still end up being quite a bit different. So I don't think it'll matter that, you know, if we talk to a new full-time RV couple every week, I think every story is going to be different and every interview is going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And this is no exception. I think this is one of our best interviews yet. I had a blast talking to these guys and they're a lot of fun. And I really hope that at some point our paths cross and we happen to be in the same place and maybe we can do some sort of in-studio all-together podcast. So... But uh, that's enough for now. Let's go ahead and jump straight into the interview with Annabelle and Christian from Swept Together. So thank you guys both so much for joining us today. Um, I've been taking a look at your... Yeah, we've been taking a look at your Facebook and your podcast. We actually listened to one of your episodes today. It was Swept Away or Swept Together. Yeah. Yeah, Swept Together. (laughs) And... um, Yes, and it's been really cool. And I know uh, we, uh, you and I, Annabelle, met through uh, mm-hmm. one of those many podcast Facebook groups, which has been pretty cool so far. Um, so, to get started, do you guys want to introduce yourselves, give a little bit of background before we dive on in? Sure. Uh, my name's Annabelle, and uh, my fiance's name is Christian. Hello. <laughs> uh, we currently live in a 36-foot RV named Gulliver, and we have been traveling around the country for the last... uh, Almost four months. Almost four months. Yeah, since April, since mid-April. And um, yeah, we've been together for two years. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. um, Yeah. Yeah. So we both, uh, we work remotely we we podcast about relationships. Kind of how the podcast started is uh, Christian and I have both been previously married, and so we, you know, when we figured out that we wanted to be together, we were like, we need to kind of, I don't know, figure out how this uh, how this stuff works, this relationship stuff works. So, right. uh, so we've just been having a lot of fun, like 
getting to know each other and learning from other couples. And that's kind of how we ended up where we are today. Yeah. That's a great um, summary, babe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so where did you guys come up with the name Gulliver for your RV? Um, actually, we, we put it out on Facebook. We were like, hey, guys. We, we did. We're, we're looking to um, name our RV. We have no idea. And then we put like a poll out to our friends. Yeah. And um, my friend Nick, who has like the most sarcastic humor and he's he's very witty and funny, he was like, you should name him Gulliver because you guys are traveling yeah. <laughs> and he's huge. <laughs> yes. And we, so immediately I was like, Gulliver's a cute name. Let me check the hashtag. So I, I, of course, like hopped on social media and checked Gulliver the RV to see if somebody was already like, you know, sitting on it. And no one was. So I was like, this is it, Gulliver. Yep. <laughs> well, Zach was right then, because when I was um, stalking your Facebook, I saw that name and I was like, I wonder where they come up with that. And Zach's like, I bet it's from the book. But yep. <laughs> so he was right. All right, cool. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> totally. So what made you guys decide to move into an RV? Like who came up with that idea? And was it hard to talk the other one in? Or were you both immediately on board? Well, you know... Actually, I had a roommate who, um, a few years ago, he had this crazy idea. He was like, Christian, I'm going to get a bus and I'm going to renovate the inside of it. And I don't want to, I don't want to keep paying you rent. So I'm going to live in it. (laughs) And I was like, dude, you're, you're nuts. This is some crazy idea, wild idea. It's never going to happen. And, and then like a month later he bought a bus. I was like, whatever, it's just going to sit here. He's, he's like, okay, fine. I'm, and he started working on it. He's like, oh, I only need like two months to work on this thing. I was like, yeah, whatever. And like two <laughs> months turned into like over a year. But he like got into it. He he, he built his his bus. It was a, like an old 1976. It was like an empty shell. Yeah, school bus, like, mm-hmm. a, like an actual school bus that he built out the inside. And, and then he lived in it in downtown Denver. And he would just like move from place to place and get kicked out of <laughs> like <laughs> like c- city streets and stuff and um I, I thought that was the coolest thing and that was shortly before Annabelle and I met and um and then when Annabelle and I started dating you know I told obviously he's a good friend of mine so I introduced your roommate at yeah, the he was, time he was my roommate mm-hmm. at the time and he was so I was like hey what 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 do you think about doing that kind of thing sometime in the future? What are your thoughts? Not not necessarily our future together <laughs> because, you know, at that point we'd be, only been dating for a few months. Right. And she was like, oh, I've always thought about, you know, once I, once I retire, I'm going to, you know, live in an RV and travel around the country and like take a bunch of nature pictures and, <laughs> you know, just see the countryside and check out all the national parks. I love all the national parks. And then, you know, I was like, why don't we do that now? I mean, later, not (laughs) (laughs) like after 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 a few months into the relationship. I didn't want to spring that on a first date, you know. Of course. yeah. Hey, my name's Christian. What's yours? Also, do you want to live in an RV and travel around the country? (laughs) It was on his Coffee Meets Bagel profile looking for road trip partner. Right. (laughs) So that's. That's Just the, kidding, uh, it really wasn't, but no. basically. 
He did say that he liked to travel on his on his. We met online, so on his uh, dating profile, he mentioned travel, and I was like, "All right, I can I can swipe right on this guy." <laughs> so you said it was coffee meets. What's that? I've never heard Co- of that before. Coffee meets bagel. Yeah, yeah. coffee meets bagel. Yeah, I guess they've since changed it up. But when we met, um, you were only uh, given one match per day, which uh, I'm an introvert, so. Getting having to deal with only one person a day was like very ideal for me. Um, but yeah, we we met on the Coffee Meets Bagel app. Um, yeah, last two summers ago. Two summers, yeah, mm-hmm. like in May of June. Th- June. June of twenty fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> so was your first date in a coffee shop? It was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Even though neither of us drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. But neither of us drink coffee, really, and we actually, my my uh, order was an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. And, and yours. I got a lemonade, I think. You got a lemonade, yeah. Yeah. And um, I made her come to my coffee place because it was like wa- within walking distance it's of like my house. It's like a block from his house. <laughs> he really was like, I'm not going to try hard for this. It's low you barrier come to, to entry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you guys met and you had your little coffee shop date and then um, you said you started thinking about four months in, you know, that you were wanting to move into an RV or a bus or something and travel. So about what point in your relationship did you actually like broach the subject seriously? Hmm. Um, Well, we had travel was kind of like one of these foundational building blocks in our relationship. Like we traveled probably once a month together, almost almost from the very beginning. Um, Christian was, at the time, uh, he's a project manager, so he was working for a company where he was traveling a lot. And so I would just, I worked remotely, so I would just go with him. I'd be like, well, I've never been to Pennsylvania. Let's go, or whatever. And um, so we had always kind of traveled together. We knew we traveled well together. And I think it was probably about a year in, um, maybe a little earlier a little than a earlier. year. Probably in the spring of in 2016. In the spring of 2016, yeah. maybe, when we started seriously considering it. And um, we had, I had on my calendar a, you know, a, a specific date for um, this trip to Antarctica, which I know we'll talk about later, but um, I knew it had to happen at a certain time because I was trying to make a, a goal. And... So we kind of thought, well, maybe after that trip would be like kind of a natural transition for us. And so we started looking at RVs. We started driving around and and kind of we would go to like showrooms and walk through RVs and talk about, well, what kind of layout would you want? And we started, you know, looking on Craigslist kind of not seriously. And we actually bought the RV in August of last year. Almost a year ago. Yeah. Um, today. And, uh, so we had it in August and we spent, you know, I guess about seven months, uh, re, you know, redoing the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, we painted it. We painted, we did a lot of, you know, a lot of things Cosmetic to it. things. Yeah. Cosmetic, cosmetic stuff. Things. And, uh, and downsizing. Um, I moved out of my place, got rid of most of my stuff, moved in with Christian. Then we went through his house, got rid of everything. So, you know, it, it was probably about a year in like actual preparation time 
uh, yeah. from from like idea to hitting the road. Yeah, I'd say. So did you guys consider any other methods of traveling besides RVing, or were you pretty much set on that from the beginning? Well, before I, I had met Annabelle, I had considered moving to um, the like either Costa Rica or the Dominican Republic, because I was like, you know what, I need a change. Um, I'm a big snowboarder, which is one of the reasons why I moved to Colorado. And I was like, I, I, I grew up in Southern California. I've never surfed in my life. <laughs> and so I was like, I should just, you know, move to a country where I can do that cheaply, you know? And I looked at like the Dominican Republic because they have a lot of, you know, surf towns, I guess, down there. And so does Costa Rica. But, and, uh, and I saw like the Dominican Republic, like a one bedroom was like 500 bucks a month. And I was like, whoa, I could totally afford that. And yeah, I could that's just, awesome. yeah. And and then Annabelle came and then that like ruined those plans. <laughs> we might we might end up doing that though after because I think you know now that we've been in the RV, I don't think I don't think we'll be RVing forever because um, you know we have, at some point we want a family and things like that. Um, that'll probably mean we have to be more stationary unless we're homeschooling, but. Travel is always going to be a part of what we're doing. So we've yeah. talked about doing, you know, larger chunks of, you know, two, three months in other countries or, you know, whatever. We're we're kind of, I think we're at this point, it's safe to say, like, hopelessly addicted. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. It's like, I think that's one of the things I've noticed about, I don't know if it's that RVing somehow changes people or if it's the people that are drawn to RVing already have this trait. But it's like once you get in and once you start being mobile and being able to just kind of pick up and go, you start asking, well, why not? Why not just do this? And you start being more willing to just jump in and move somewhere and pick up and go. And it's really cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, you guys, you guys are in an RV right now, and you, I think you guys are have been in an RV for like two years, right? And so, you understand. Yeah, we're coming up <laughs> on the anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. You guys totally understand like the need for, you know, checking out new places. I there's mean, there's kind of like a, a a stimulation that you get from seeing new places. Like it's like exciting and. I don't know. I, I always tried to kind of apply that attitude even when I like lived, you know, in Denver where we lived. I was always trying to, you know, find a new coffee shop or explore a new museum or take a different way home than I normally would take, you know, just to kind yeah. of get to know my city better because I I enjoyed that kind of fresh eye that you have naturally when you're traveling but mm -hmm. yeah, now that we're, you know, in a different city every week or sometimes multiple cities a week, it's like you're constantly just like trying to figure out where you're at in a good way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you have a time limit, it kind of forces you to get out there and do more and explore more, too. So, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, it seems like it was almost a natural progression for you guys, considering you had these urges to travel anyway and you said christian that you work remotely so you know if you love to travel and you can why not yeah right yeah i mean we both work remotely so that's i mean that's one of the keys to mm -hmm. to living being able to live in this lifestyle either just be 
you have know, a lot of savings or have a lot of savings, um, live off of a retirement account, or be able to work remotely. I mean, that's I think one of the keys. One of our friends, we were just talking about this. Like, one of our friends, she works in an office environment where she has to be there because of the nature of her job, and there's no way that she can do this kind of thing. You know, which she she enjoys her job tremendously. Right. But there's no way that she would be able to do it from the road like we're doing, you know, because right. of and our jobs. And the fact that we both worked remotely um, was just kind of like, it made it very easy. A really easy transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. We had the same thing where we both worked remotely, but we kind of worked from our house and in the same city as our boss. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... The only really obstacle we had was telling our boss that we're going to be doing this crazy thing. <laughs> and he was actually kind of jealous. Of it, so it didn't end up being that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, how do you even broach that subject with your boss? Like, hey, boss, I know I work remotely and we work in the same city. We're, so we're, you know, like an arm's length away. <laughs> but guess what? Uh, guess what we're doing? <laughs> we're going to be moving yeah. into an RV. Yeah. And driving around the country. So... We have a good yeah, cell phone we plan. Have a, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how we spun it. We were like, we're going to have this really awesome internet package and we're going to research all the places we go beforehand to make sure we can still work from them and we'll make it work. But it's kind of a running joke now. We have online team meetings and uh-huh. uh, it happens like every Monday. And so somebody will go, so where are you guys this week? <laughs> 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 nice. Yep. So is that something you had to bring up with your respective bosses or I don't know if maybe you work for yourself or what, but did you have to tell anybody you work with we're going to be doing this thing or do you just kind of do it and see what happens? Um, so I, I did leave my full-time job uh, in order to do this road trip. Um, I, was, I was working remotely, but um, I had to be in the office um, maybe twice a month. Um, just for meetings and stuff like that. And um, I actually had also been running my own business on the side. Uh, I'm a video editor. And so that's what I was doing for work as well as, um, you know, for my business. And so it kind of was a a natural fit for me knowing that we were going to be in the RV. Um, you know, our expenses would be a little bit lower because we weren't, you know, paying for a mortgage in downtown Denver and um, so it was kind of a natural fit for me to just say, you know, I'm I'm going to transition now. I had been at that job for like eight and a half years, which is a long time. Um, and so uh, I, I made that transition back in April, about a week before we left uh, to hit the road. And so now I'm just, you know, running my business from the road, uh, which means I can kind of set my own hours and uh, make it work for me, you know, for my schedule and our travel schedule. So, yeah. And for, yeah, that's great. For me, I had been gearing up for this exact RV trip for like seven years. I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, like it, back in um, 2010, I guess, uh, I, I wanted to get my MBA and um, I was living in Colorado Springs at the time, which is about an hour to an hour and a half away from Denver. And I got accepted to the University of Denver for their MBA program. And I went to my boss and I was like, hey, this is something I've been wanting to do for, you know, forever. And, you know, either I can work remotely from Denver 
Um, and you can call me anytime you want, and we can have meetings and all the all those corporate things that you know we need to do. And I'll just work from Denver, or I quit and <laughs> go figure it out. But I'm going to school. And he was like, "Yeah, no, go ahead. That's you know, that's totally fine. You know, you've you you've built your trust up with this company and with the staff here um, to be able to handle yourself without any supervision. So go for it." Um, so then I moved, you know, an hour and a half to Denver to go to school and also work full time. So it was like a, um, you know, a, a professional MBA program. So it was geared towards professionals um, who are like mid-level in their career. And they um, had had classes at night. And so ever since 2010, I was like, I'm just going to work remotely, boss. Even after I graduated, I was like, I kind of like being up here and not seeing all of you people. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys later. I'm just going to stay here. Exactly. Right. I'm like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I think that's so great. I'm a huge proponent of remote work for really anybody who I think, you know, wants to do it. And it drives me crazy when I see companies and we work with a lot of them who don't really need their employees in the office, but just do it because that's always how it's been done. Right. They like to see mm-hmm. them at their desk typing away, oh, but yeah. there's no point in it. And I've worked with clients before where we go into their office and then we connect to their VPN that's somewhere else in the United States. It's like <laughs> we could have easily done that from home. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That, that is, that's a weird one that if you're already in the office, you have to VPN from yeah. within the office. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's all just so some manager can walk by and see that we're there. Right. That's the right. only point. But. Right. I think that's like an old school way of thinking because there was a manager at um, this company, you know, before I got my, my MBA program or uh, before I got into my MBA program, there was a manager and he was like, I, I need you to be here because, you know, that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was yeah. no reason because none of my clients were even remotely near the office. It, like all of our clients were everywhere <laughs> and everywhere else in the U S and I, in fact, had to travel to the client, you know, if, for any, you know, kind of escalations or anything, um, normal day to day business. I was just in the office calling them and emailing them. And I'm like, yep. dude, I can do this from home. Yeah. My pride, yeah. my productivity skyrocketed when I, when I transition to working remotely, but well, I think a big part of it is you get to work on whatever time suits you best and whatever time you think you're most productive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. I mean, maybe it's a little bit different when you're working with other people, but I know sometimes when I get up first thing in the morning, I'm useless. So maybe it's better for me <laughs> to me too, work man. late at night. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, anime. what do you guys do um, for, for work? We're both information security consultants. Um, we work okay. at the same company, actually. And our jobs are a little bit different, even though the titles are pretty similar. I do more technical stuff, like penetration mm-hmm. testing and vulnerability oh, scans okay. and all that good stuff. And Sarah does more um, policy work where you know, maybe some client wants to become FedRAMP certified or PCI certified. Mm, she would okay. walk them through that and help them with all the you know, policy side of things. Very cool. Yeah. Well, all of that went right over my head, but <laughs> Christian works in uh, IT, yeah. you know, project management, so I'm sure he understood everything you said. Yeah. You might as well yeah. have been speaking French to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, because I, I, I might. 
<laughs> it's it's fine. I know exactly what Zach was saying. <laughs> okay, well, cool. I'm glad yeah, one of us. With our job, it's gotten even better where we've hired people from all over the place now. We oh, have sure. people working in Georgia, and we have people working in California, and now Washington, D.C. And we have several employees, more than several, working from Argentina and Central America. So really this... Um, you know, RV thing we're doing really isn't even the craziest thing. <laughs> oh yeah, companies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, a lot of companies now their their business model is outsource as much as possible to places like India or the Philippines. There was a lot of um, Indian presence at the company that I, I worked for previously, um, and then you know they had we had a a team in the U.S. And then that would be high touch with the customer, meaning like we're here on their time on the the same business hours. And then there's a team in India who would do a lot of the things overnight. For example, if we needed them to do stuff behind the keyboard, then you know on the infrastructure side, that's you know something that they could do in India. Yeah. Or somebody can do from really anywhere. Or yeah. Like, right. You know, the internet oh, is so a wonderful thing. Some, yeah. <laughs> I've thought it's so funny that, you know, sometimes we're some crazy place and nobody at our work even knows where we are because it doesn't matter <laughs> as long as we're getting our job done. And right, exactly. exactly. So do you guys have any sort of techniques that you've developed for working in the RV or equipment that you've used that's come in handy? And I know one question that we get all the time is like, how do you get reliable internet? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's your answer for all that? Well... Mm -hmm. Um, we, we do have a, a Verizon jetpack as well. Um, yeah, and we have, same here. yep. And we have the grandfathered, um, unlimited data plan. Mm -hmm. So, awesome. oh my gosh. Yes. It costs a ton of money we, to get we, started. We bought it off somebody on the internet. Yeah. It was, um, their corporate plan and that they, um, they, they switched over to our name and it was still under contract. So we have until like next year or like 18 months from now. Um, but you know, in order to, for them to do that, we had to pay a ton of money, like <laughs> $900. And then now oh, wow. it's like 60 bucks a month or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, we've like definitely normal. spent more than that because we pay like $10 a gig. So oh, it, wow. it adds up quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially, um, since I'm a video editor, um, you know, I'm working with clients who are transferring me like large amounts of data you know large yeah. amounts of files and so it was important for me to have unlimited um unlimited access to right. to that so and we so also before we move on on that too i just okay. want to ask does unlimited really mean unlimited with them like can you stream game of thrones and oh yeah you know <laughs> upload hd video and everything so, you want and they don't so far you? we have not had any problems um yeah. and we've you know we've hit we've hit uh what last month was it June? We hit 330 gig. Yeah. On our oh jetpack. Yeah. And it was. I, I had a lot of client work that month. It was out of control. Right. So it was. It well, was yeah. And I mean, work on. is important, but Game of Thrones is more important. <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't. We don't much much TV, that. but uh, the Daily Show happens pretty regularly in our, <laughs> yeah. our RV. Yeah. So and then we we have so we have the jetpack. And we also have um, a 4GX, the um, the WeBoost. Um, yeah. So we have that so that if we're in a place where we have low signal, at least that will help, you know, 
alleviate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that notwithstanding, we go to coffee shops. And I, I like going... We sit outside the Canadian Visitor oh, Center yeah. <laughs> at Glacier National Park because there's Wi-Fi there. Yeah, we were we were just at Glacier last week and I had to, you know, I had to work, obviously. The internet's not that great. Right. We were at West Glacier and... It, it on on the Verizon you know coverage map it's totally red so it's like yeah we have 4G LTE no problem but when you get there even though False. your your device <laughs> says 4G LTE there is zero connectivity at West yeah. Glacier and so we we're like oh man we we're all the way over here you know our you know our reliable connectivity you know back in like our campground was half an hour away yeah so we went to the what was it like the Canadian Visitor yeah, Center? Yeah, because Glacier is actually like a joint park with Canada. They An have it park. crosses the border um, into Canada, and so they had like a Canadian Visitor Center um, with, free you, with free Wi-Fi. With free Wi-Fi, so we just sat oh, outside great. the Visitor Center on benches, and it's like, man, this is this is the life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But. I think that's another thing that RVing and especially working while RVing has taught us is to like have contingency plans for everything. And especially oh, our sure. work, because we have, you know, our jetpack that we use daily. And then I have like three or four other things in mind that we can do if that happens to not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, usually the last option is just go drive to a coffee shop or something. Yeah. So. Right. We actually planned planned that, uh, you know, we have the Verizon jetpack. I have an AT&T cell phone. Christian has a T-Mobile plan. So between the three, you know... Hopefully, somebody hopefully has, somebody has some yeah. service, you know. But so far, so far, it's been pretty good. There's been a few spots that we, you know, haven't had internet, but you just, you know, you drive to a coffee shop and you make it work. Yeah. RV life yeah. does teach you to be flexible. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds almost exactly like our setup. Like nice. Sarah and I are in different cell phone plans. We have the jetpack. At one point, and although I never ended up using them, I had like two. Um, I don't even know what to call them, like MiFi type modems just sitting around to activate if I ever needed to. <laughs> I think I threw them away since then because I've realized that was a little bit too silly. But Yeah. Um, and then I'd right. say like as far as this isn't like a techie thing, but I'm I'm not the tech person in our relationship. So I, I outsource my IT. But <laughs> um, I would say that like we kind of just set up our life style so that you know we can do as much like work and play as possible and not have to think about the other things in our lives so we have like very small closets and we eat the same thing for dinner like every day Um, we just like we'll do one big batch of food and you know eat on it the whole week but it kind of like those things that we do um, you know, set it up so that we don't have to spend a lot of time like figuring out what are we going to eat for dinner. We can just be like, boom, we finished work. We'll heat up some food. We'll hit the road and, you know, get into the national park or, or whatever it is that we're doing. So um, that's a really great idea. I might steal that one. Do it. Yeah. We like, have we have one of those like instant pots. I guess that's that's something that plugs into the wall. <laughs> that's technology. Yeah. Um, yes. So we have one of those instant pots and we'll just make like a big pot of chili chili or some kind of stew or spaghetti sauce or like a curry and we'll just 
you know, have that for the whole week. We like can use literally it. gallons of it. Right. <laughs> Those things make a lot of food. So, you know, we just That's have awesome. that and we heat it up. And that way, you know, I mean, we eat out some, of course, too, on the road, um, you know, but it just streamlines our life so that we can be like, okay, what's really important is like getting to Glacier National Park so we can watch the sunset it doesn't really matter what we're going to eat for dinner. Like, let's just put food in our bodies. So we yeah. that's kind of how, like, something that we've just kind of done to make sure that we, even though we're working and we have to be in front of our computers, you know, for a certain number of hours every day, we can also, like, maximize the time that we're out experiencing, you know, the place that we're at. So is there any certain place that you go to like find special recipes for this or do you just kind of pick whatever recipe you guys want for the week and then just triple it or whatever? Um, well, we have our staples, right? So we have like spaghetti because... I would say there's like five recipes that we like yeah, rotate through. Right. Five recipes and that usually, that, that'll last, you know, most of the week and then uh, we'll we'll make another, you know, recipe and then kind of overlap a little bit. And then, you know, we, we shop at Costco and we shop for yeah. in bulk, you know, <laughs> as much as possible. We have, you know, a smaller fridge, but, you know, as much as possible, what we can fit in will we'll make it work. We eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. PB&J <laughs> for, for <laughs> breakfast because, I mean, like, who, who doesn't like PB&J? Yeah, I know there's, like, foodies out there that are probably, like, dying, but we it's just, like, not our priority. And you kind of just have to make... You, know, you can't make everything your priority. Otherwise, you're going to do everything poorly. So right. we kind of, you know, we we know what's important to us. And we obviously have to have calories to eat. So I think I found some of the recipes like on Pinterest. Yeah. And then some of the stuff is, I mean, we've just accumulated it over the course of like one, the two years. But one of the recipes is from my mom. Yeah. The spaghetti sauce. So we just have like <laughs> things that. You know, we make those things on rotation and and just eat them over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking about streamlining, I mean, it's just it is so important when you're living in a small space and you're constantly on the road. I mean, you have to find ways to save time and save space mm-hmm. and save energy. Otherwise, you don't have the energy or the time to go out and explore and experience. So that's so true. Totally. Um, you guys said you renovated your RV some and painted and did some things. What was the best change to the RV you made that you found has really made a difference? Oh, can Ooh. I? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer that for you, okay? Because I think I know what your answer is gonna be. Really? Maybe I don't know. Okay, let's so, see. So okay, if I'm gonna let's guess, <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk it. Okay. On 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 like recording. On record. Right on record. <laughs> I think I'm not gonna cut this out no matter. How <laughs> <laughs> That's Thanks. fair. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> So, on record, I think the best thing that we've done to this RV, my guess, is that I ripped out the carpet for you. That is 100% what I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> That's we awesome. ripped out the our RV is a 2001 RV. Um, and so the carpet was just just so gross. Right. It's It was like 16 years worth of nastiness that obviously wasn't like, you know... Nobody, nobody cleans RV carpet. <laughs> right. So. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh. When I like wouldn't even, 
yeah, take our, my shoes off in the RV. Our first you know, <laughs> test trip, we, we, we took a test trip back in October um, after we bought it. We bought it in August. We took a test trip in October to and Moab. To Moab. From Utah. Denver. So. so that was, you know, a weekend trip. And she was like, um, no, I'm not taking off my shoes. <laughs> touching this carpet at all. with my feet. <laughs> like the most she would do was like walk around in socks, maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, she was like totally grossed out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I spent the winter like ripping all of that up, yeah. you know, putting my face next to it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, babe. Oh, no. <laughs> Breathing in all so, those poisons. Breathe, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm. <laughs> all those, all that delicious dander. Mm. <laughs> anyway, that's definitely, I think, the number one thing that I would say um, made the biggest yeah. difference in terms of like the comfort level of our RV. But she walks around barefoot now. I do. <laughs> yeah, Zach's over here making a face at me because we actually left the carpet in our RV because we. Um, we bought a 99, but I think it was one that people didn't really live in or didn't move because there's just not much that's been done to it before we bought it. Mm. Nice. Um, and it was actually really clean, so we left it. But every now and then I look at him and I go, I really want to tear this up. I just really want to get rid of it. <laughs> well, our carpet goes into weird places, too, that I have no idea what I would do <laughs> if not for carpet. Like, we have one section up near the cab where it, like, runs up into the wall a little bit or it runs, you know, onto a weird hump. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what you do with that. So. Yeah, we left some patches uh, Yeah. carpeted just because, you know... It was easier. For that exact reason. But, um, but it wasn't the stuff that you really, like, walk on, you know? Um, it was, like, underneath the, the sofa. Underneath the sofa or, like, you know, in the back where our... So we have a diesel pusher, so we had the engines in the back. So we left the carpet over, like, the engine bump or whatever. But it's not, like, the part that you're really walking on. Um, the part that was gross was, you know, kind Every, of that like main... The... the main hallway, you know? Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. All right, so it's sounding like this is going to be our winter project when we head back home before we head out again. Yeah, we'll put that on our list. <laughs> Dude, just uh, just use a lot of caulk and yeah. put some trim. It's, it's all fun. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> Let's see. I had a question. I just lost it. No, oh, take your time. Or Sarah can go ahead if she has one in mind. Yeah, I'll just move forward. Um, you guys mentioned that you have a cat. What's it been like living with a cat on the road? Because when we uh, moved into our RV, we were petless, and it was very sad. But then we were driving around, and I just like always was like, oh, my gosh, if we had a pup, puppy, he would love it here. He would love this. And so I finally convinced Zach to dive in, and we got mm-hmm. a little Yorkie. And I did a ton of research about traveling with pets um, and heard some horror stories but I think we've been really lucky because he just kind of he was a puppy and it was his life and he just dove on into it but I can't imagine you know cats they're still high maintenance sometimes like what's been your experience with that they really are they're pretty finicky um so our cat was uh his name's cowboy his name's cowboy um he's seven so um or he'll be seven in September, I guess. Anyway. And I saw a picture of him. He looks like a cute little lion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He has long hair. So we uh, we shave him down for the summer. Um, especially being in the RV, you know, we're not running the AC like all the time. And so it just helps. Uh, but he, you know... He's not a fan of, of driving still after like four months, um, but he has kind of, 
his little nook that he goes and hides in. Um, and so we just try to do our best to like encourage him and, you know, he's, he's still a jerk though. He's, he's never going to not like, (laughs) well, cats are, yeah, they just beat, they just march to the beat of their own drums. Right. He's like, what? (laughs) we're going to move again. I'm going to go in my hole. Yeah. Um, does he like when it's scary? Oh, yeah, 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 he does great. You know, he sits in the front uh, window and will just like watch the world go by and like watch the birds. There was one place that we parked where we, you know, we we it was like a front in spot right on a lake, and so there were all these ducks and stuff in the lake, and so he would just sit in the window and look at all the birds, you know. And so um, when we're not moving, he's adjusted like just fine. Yeah, um, we're trying to teach him how to walk on a leash, but. That's you know kind of a losing Aww. battle. Yeah, he does. He he mostly just drags us around. He just doesn't like the leash. He doesn't like the leash. No, but, not uh, at all. <laughs> yeah. So you know, <laughs> I mean, like, do you think I'm a dog? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. What is this? Um, you know, but unlike unlike a dog, you know, if you if you let the door open and then a dog goes out of the door, the dog will just like run and he's like freedom. <laughs> Coming back. No, right. like cowboy, he bolts out the door every time, and he's like, "Freedom!" Oh crap, what do I do with this freedom? Right, and then he's like, uh, <laughs> "I want to go back in. Get me back in." Yeah. So he, yeah. So thankfully, we don't have like a runner. You know, he he'll just jump outside, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm outside," and he won't try to like run off. Or most he does is like eat the grass, and then he pukes it up inside. But yeah, um, of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he's, I think he's adjusted, like, pretty well, except for the driving days. I think he does great. But now, you know, we've, now that we've been on the road for three months, he kind of knows, like, when we're stopping for gas and when we're, like, stopped for good at a campsite. And so he, he's pretty quick now to, like, come out of his hiding place and, and adjust back to, uh, to regular life. So, yeah. How long did you have him before moving into the RV? Um, I've had him since he was a kitten. So oh, wow. since I got him in 2010. Okay. So, so he was probably pretty set in his ways, but still adjusted. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely set in his ways. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he, didn't he's... Have, he didn't even like me when I first came around. Well, because you tried to treat him like a dog, and he's I know. not a dog. <laughs> I'm a dog person. So. I know, but he's <laughs> he's like, come around. He's come around. Yes, I mean so, mostly. mostly. He he'll he'll like kind of brush up against me, and he's like, "Hey, you," <laughs> and then that's as much love as he will give well, me. Well, he knows that you feed you fill his food bowl, so that's true. <laughs> it's a very important role. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I think we saw on your website and maybe during Sarah's chats with you before this that you guys also travel outside of the RV or at least have mm-hmm. and that you, Annabelle, have been to every continent. Yes. Yes. I so, um, so I, how do you do yeah. that? Well, um, I've been kind of obsessed with traveling my, my entire life. Um, my dad is kind of the genesis of that. Uh, he's been to 50 countries. Um, and so oh, wow. I am like, I'm like hot on his heels. Uh, I'm only like halfway to that count, but, uh, you're also half, his I'm age. also, yeah, 
less than half his age probably so yeah um so I've always just loved it and you know I so I studied abroad in college in 2007 in um Madrid Spain and at that time I did like a weekend trip to Morocco and that was my that was my fifth continent and when I took that trip I was kind of like you know like I'm I'm 20 right now I wonder if I could, that was kind of the, the first inkling. I wonder if I could make it to all seven by the time I turned 30. And, um, you know, as time went on, I eventually visited South America. I only had one left and I was like, okay, at, at about 27 was when it really became serious. I was like, okay, I am going to make it to Antarctica by the time I turned 30. So, um, if anyone has, has researched going to Antarctica, it's, a significant financial and uh, time investment. <laughs> um, it's not an easy place to get to, um, and so unless you're a penguin, unless well, yeah, or like a, <laughs> or a whale. humpback whale, yeah. Um, then it's way easy to it's get to. Super easy. So, <laughs> so anyway, I at, at 27 was kind of when I, you know, I was going through a lot in my personal life. I had just gone through a divorce and. You know, there was just a lot of stuff going on and I was like, you know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it to Antarctica by the time I turn thirty. Like I'm gonna accomplish this goal. And so when Christian and I started dating, I was kinda like, by the way, this is happening, like I'm going to Antarctica. And he was like, Okay. <laughs> and I didn't really want to invite him because <laughs> I was like we were we were it was early on in the relationship and it's like a big I mean, it probably cost us like, like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, like in total. Oh, in total, yeah. And I had been already saving for like a year and a half by the time I met him, and so I didn't want to be like, "Hey, come on, come on this trip with me." Yeah, there was just a lot, you know, of of things there. So I, I was like, "By the way, I'm gonna do this." And the more serious we got in our relationship, the more we were like, "Well, you should really come with me." Um, and I really want you to experience this with me. So then we started planning it jointly. Together, yeah. And um, we ended up booking the trip about nine months in advance. Um, if you want to go during, like, the prime time, uh, which is, like, December and January, um, that's the middle of their summer. And that's when there's all the, like, baby penguins, uh, which is what, Aww. you know, is kind of the, the big, like, tourist draw, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, to Antarctica. So... You have to plan like a year in advance uh, to do that. Yeah, definitely. Or more. Or more. And so by the time we planned, which was like about nine months in advance. All of those things had already been taken. Right. Yeah. Except for like the super expensive suites. Yeah. So we found a spot on a March trip. My birthday is at the end of March. So we literally disembarked from our Antarctic voyage on my birthday. Yeah. So we wow. made it. We made it like right under the wire. I was like, we better not miss this boat because yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't miss this boat. <laughs> um, That's such and cool so, timing. yeah, it it really worked out perfectly, and we had such an amazing experience. Um, the The company that we went with it was a Canadian company called One Ocean, and they're really like focused on conservation and scientific research, and so. 
you know, they had actual like scientists on board that were studying the whales and taking actual taking, like, samples, taking data and, and stuff while yeah. we were, you know, while we were touring around and then they were presenting, you know, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're finding. And it was just really um, an amazing experience. Uh, we joke that we came back like three levels more crunchy than when we left. Because <laughs> um, it really, Super it's really one of those like transformational experiences that like there's nowhere else in the world like it. And seeing it really makes, you know, such an impact. There's like no one down there except you and your boat and like the people that are on your boat. And, you know, so it just is such this like pristine just stunning environment and not as cold as you would think, at least in the summertime. <laughs> Did you guys go via Argentina or Chile? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we went through Buenos Aires and then down to Ushuaia, which is um, very southern the southern tip. tip of Argentina. And then that and was where... Chile. Right, that was where we got yeah. on a boat and, um, well, ship. And it was like two and a half days by ship from the tip of Argentina to Antarctica through some of like the roughest waters in the world. The Drake Passage. The Drake Passage. Just Both of us were like knocked me out. So sick. <laughs> so sick. We like oh, recorded no. a podcast episode, like hopped up on motion sickness meds, but it was yeah. it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's a fun episode though. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It basically just summarized the story that I just told you, but a little more loopy. <laughs> and and I had just thrown up. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we saw some of the Drake Passage when we were in southern Chile. And I remember, like, we were driving on this highway called El Fin de Mundo. Highway, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, it's, you know, the end of the world. It's the southernmost tip. And I'm like, except Ushuaia. Like, I kind of want to go there instead now because it's even more southern than we were. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's a crazy. I mean, even Ushuaia, like that part of the world is just so beautiful. And yeah, um, yeah I I would recommend everybody go. I mean, obviously, it took me like three years of intentional like savings to get there. So it's not something although there were people on our boat that were like backpacking because you can show up in if you just like show up in of. Ushuaia, like the week that you want to go, they 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 sell like the discount. You know, they're trying to, to fill, fill the ship. The hole, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, there were several people that had like just gotten on it. But, but we you didn't also risk. We didn't want to risk it because <laughs> I had this like goal of, you know, I have to hit all seven by 30, uh, which I did. And so on the ship, they served me a cake shaped like a seven. And it was served to me by one of the staff members in a penguin onesie. So it was pretty much like, <laughs> oh, I don't, really I don't cool. know what yeah. I'm going to do for birthdays from now on because I think like I've just ruined myself. I... Yeah, you're done now. <laughs> <laughs> Peak too soon. Peak too soon. Maybe I should yeah. just, as a new tradition, just show up in a onesie of some kind every Maybe. year. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. With some shape of a cake. Exactly. Next, <laughs> next year it'll be like a unicorn onesie. and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So you guys said that you've been in the RV for four months now, um, and you guys mm-hmm. were already traveling a lot together before that because you found out that you guys really travel well together and you have a lot of fun. Um, are you doing any traveling outside of the RV right now, or are you pretty much just sticking to RV travel? Well, the this year, the concentration of the focus is the RV travel because, I mean, we had the goal of 
being in the RV and traveling the country for a year um, and then seeing what there is to see within the country. So taking time away from that um, was not, you know, in the plan. There are a couple times we're going um, to like Burning Man at the end of August. That's still in the U.S. I know. But I guess it's away from the RV. But it's away from the RV, right. And um, we're going to get married in October. So we're going to Belize um, for a week. And then, and then that's the only real, and then we're, we're going to go and... We're planning a New Year's trip because we're going to be in Florida for like two months, December and January. Um, right. And so we thought it would be a so good idea. So we thought like, well, we'll be in Florida for like two whole months. We could probably take a week and go somewhere in the Caribbean for New Year's. So... Yeah, uh, of course, that makes sense. I mean, it's a... It's like... A 10 su- second We're like flight. really close because we'll be in, you know, in Fort Lauderdale, uh, but... Yeah, I I kind of have like an unwritten rule that like I have to use my passport at least once a year, <laughs> and uh, so as long That's as that a good happens, rule to have. yeah, yeah, as long as that happens, and I'm happy. So, yeah, um, I know we already talked a little bit about your wedding in October, but I just think that's so cool that you guys are going to Belize because you know from everything that I've read about your lives and heard about your lives it's just travel is such a key point that it just makes sense that you travel to get married it's really cool totally yeah. I mean and that's that's one of the big things that we we talk about a lot on our show is just is the the fact that traveling necessarily makes the the two people in the relationship be become stronger because there's a there's an element of teamwork that has to happen in order for the goal of travel to occur, right? I mean, like, one person can do all of the things and tr- and plan everything, but that's not as fun. And I think you know it's a it's a way to um, to to really bring us closer together mm-hmm. is you know traveling. Yeah, and I can't imagine like a better way to celebrate our wedding than like a mass vacation with everyone we love. Like it's, it's pretty, I feel really fortunate to be able to, to do that. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an amazing experience. I'm sure. Um, so you guys also mentioned that you're hitting up a lot of national parks. Um, how many of those have you visited so far? 13 today. 13 today. (laughs) Yeah. We, we just landed here in, um, in Medora, North Dakota. North Dakota uh, at Teddy Roosevelt National Park. Mm -hmm. And today was number 13, or this was number 13. Yeah. So 13 Do you guys have that national passport stamp book that you take with you? Oh, totally. Yep. Yep. We do. (laughs) And we also have an annual pass. And the annual pass was probably like the best investment. Outside of the Wi-Fi, the annual pass was probably the best investment we made for this trip. Right. I mean, it was um, 80 bucks for a year. And instead of like $30 or $25 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I don't even know how much it costs to go into a park. Because <laughs> we never look. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's 80 bucks for a year. Definitely. And National Parks Pass. Totally used it. Yeah. And I mean, it go- goes to a good, you know, program. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to your other travels outside of the RV for a second, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I guess you guys haven't done too much of that yet with your RV still, you know, living in it. But what do you plan on doing with your RV when, say, you go to Belize or the Caribbean? Oh, um, so we have we have um, some friends that will be 
that have a, a long driveway, <laughs> basically, <laughs> um, and just l- stick it in there uh, for for the Belize trip. Um, for the Caribbean in um, in December, we have a um, like a RV storage. You know, they have storage facilities all over Florida because. You know, surprisingly, there's lots of RVs in Florida. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking, yes. But so, yeah, there's a lot of storage facilities. We just paid for a month, even though we're only going to be gone for a week. But, you know, they're not going to prorate us for a week's worth of storage. So we just paid for a month. It was like 50 bucks to keep it in in their storage. And um, they happen to be a campground as well. So we're going to come back to it and then camp at that campground. And just yeah, take it so, out of store, so out of their out storage. Really well. But yeah. yeah, we friends with long driveways are like, we're we're parking at one of my uh, one of my aunt's houses when we go to Burning Man. She has a long driveway, and so um, and then we usually just board the cat. Um, Cowboy gets to stay in one of his favorite places, PetSmart, or something or like somewhere. That. <laughs> um, yeah. He hates being boarded, but yeah, you know, he hates other cats. Yeah, or, other just pe- other or other people. He just is like, he's just a cranky old man. <laughs> and meanwhile, whenever we leave Ollie or Yorkie at daycare, I always worry that he's not going to want to come home because he always has so much fun. Like, <laughs> he's not going to miss me at all. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, we've like had calls from like groomers and stuff that are like, uh, we can't groom your cat. He's too angry. Like you have to come get him. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, we don't have kids, but I'm imagining like, you know, a parent getting, getting a phone call, like your kid bit another kid at preschool. So like you have to come come pick him up up and like, yeah, I used to have to make those calls. It was not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, he's, he's a bit of a crankopotamus, but we love him. So I really love that your guys' podcast swept together, that you guys talk about relationships and, you know, people working together and just, you know, navigating this life together. And it's just really cool because one of our commonly asked questions that we get is how we manage to live together in a small space, which is surprising. I never thought that this would be like, I mean, almost everybody asks us this. They just don't understand, like, how we don't kill each other or how we're not fighting all the time. Um, So from your guys' perspective, you know, what would be your answer to that? You know, how do you guys stay, you know, friends and stay, you know, loving each other? Like, what's your big thing for that? Well, I mean, I, I, I got the same, you know, kind of ribbing jokes as well, right? Right before we started on this RV trip, it's like, oh, you guys are engaged if you, and you guys are going on this RV trip. If you don't kill each other, then you'll, you're going to get married and you know, yeah. you, you'll know it's forever right? because you won't kill each other in this close, you know, quarters, just like you guys probably heard, you know, the, those kinds of inside jokes or whatever. Um, and, you know, a lot of our, the things that we talk about on our show is the fact that we believe that being in such close quarters and in such, you know, proximity to each other in terms of work and um, working on a shared vision, a shared goal, um, brings us together instead of actually driving us apart. And that's, you know, I think that's the key is to use these kinds of things like travel or being in business together or working together like you guys do 
to use those as you know times where you can actually bring you guys t- closer together. Yeah, we've been. I mean, since the beginning of our relationship, just because of our history, and you know, both of us knew like if we're gonna get into a serious relationship, like neither of us want to experience the the heartache of of divorce again. Right. And so we both came in with like a very intentional like we like from the beginning we worked on our relationship and i think a lot of people maybe don't think to quote unquote work on their relationship until there's a problem right and uh we just from the beginning we're like we're gonna learn about each other we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna learn together and um so we were really intentional about talking about things and um you know, we were just talking about it the other day, like we just don't really fight. Um, but it's because we we have, have nothing to fight about. We have all these conversations before they become like heated. Um, right. I mean, and we talk about we talk, we talk about, about our everything. finances. You mm-hmm. know, it's all out in the open. We're very transparent with each other. Um, we you started know, budgeting together for these trips that we would take. Before. Like before. We were like even... several months into our relationship. We're like, right. oh, we're taking a trip together. Like we should make a spreadsheet. Right. And uh, and then we like we talk about it. And yeah. So, I mean, it's it's already out in the open. So any possible I think any possible problems that might come up are already like talked about and squelched before they become problems. Right. And, and I think that's one of the good We've keys. definitely had disagreements. Um, it's not to say that we like agree about everything because that right. would, that's not the case either. Um, but I think we just prioritize getting to know each other like really on that kind of intimate soul level. Um, As opposed to the like the, you know, superficial surface level stuff. Right. And so... You know, we we work on things and we we try to ask each other, you know, if something happens and, you know, I get upset or he gets frustrated by something, we sit down later and say like, hey, you know, what what was the problem there? And, you know, what did I do or whatever that that maybe triggered something? And we've always been very open with each other. um, And I think, you know, that makes it very easy for us to be in a small space together um yeah without kind of stepping on each other's toes yeah and and a lot of other folks that we've talked to who are also doing this you know they're in close proximity with each other they have their own coping mechanisms as well i mean that's not to say that ours is the only way it's Mm -hmm. just the way that we have found to work for us but there's, you know, you know, we talk talk to um, our friends Joe and Emily, who say that they they like take some time apart from each other. They live in a Sprinter van, right? That's way smaller, which than is our way smaller, thirty six foot RV, <laughs> right? And yeah, that was yeah. the episode of yours we were listening. To. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I was actually we were we were actually listening to it, and it was really funny because Zach and I were kind of the same way as they were. Like even before we moved into the RV together, we were working from home together, so we were already kind of doing everything together. Like we'd go to the grocery store together, we'd go run errands together, but then we totally. still had like our own friends or our own hobbies, and we were in like basically a house so we still had our own space and our own things that we were doing so we still had some a, a decent amount of 
alone time. Right. Um, and then when we moved into the RV, we really started doing everything together. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, we, you have to. There's nothing I mean, that we don't do together. To. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. So we were just kind of like, looking at each other. We were like, yeah. "Wait a minute, were we supposed to be prioritizing alone time? Like, did we miss this step?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't really have that much alone time, and you don't either, right? You. I mean, like, right. the most you do is like you go into the bedroom area and then you like scroll on Instagram or play right. solitaire. or like showering. That's like really like the, <laughs> the alone time, but. I, we're also good at like co-working without like being in each other's like it's not like we're engaging each other 24 7 you know we're also just like we're in the same space but we're not necessarily engaging each other um the whole yeah. time so we can yeah, work that's across how I kind of from feel the like desk too, like, yeah i mean we we have our own little workspaces that we've kind of um chiseled out in the rv mm -hmm. and we have our own little setup and you know like zach said we kind of work in different areas of our field so we have our separate clients that we work with and separate teams that we work with so it's pretty pretty separate but i don't know this is kind of cool i think i mean it's like you're traveling with your best friend so totally yeah, it's not really totally cool. yeah um so Moving on to other pieces of recommendations that you might have, do you have like a single book or resource uh, that you found really helpful when you guys were getting ready or moving in that you might want to recommend? Well, I think one of the, the first books that we read together was The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And um, that was, I think that was pretty pivotal for us because it laid the foundation and a trajectory of where we wanted to take our relationship. So we were very deliberate about what we did, um, you know, in travel and doing a shared, you know, like project like this, you know, our podcast, that was just something, you know, that, that manifested itself. Um, we read, you know, what the seven principles of, of making, making marriage, marriage work, work by um, the Gottman, um, the Gottmans. Um, and also, you know, we read other books like, Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. That's, you know, but like I said, the five love languages is really the the foundational thing um, because it it helped us realize that we wanted to understand each other more. And that's just one framework, right? The five love languages. Of course, we're, we're, we're all human and we're not simple, simple and just there's only five facets of us, <laughs> right? We're more complex than that. But um we just use these kind of frameworks and foundational things to try to learn about each other more and more. And I think that's one of the, one of the best things I think we did for our relationship is to just, you know, come to that agreement. This is what we want to do. We have this goal of being in a successful marriage together and this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. That book, if you haven't read it, it's, it's like a very easy yeah, read. Yeah, it's super easy read. Uh, but it's, um, it can be really helpful. So. Awesome. Anything travel related or are you guys kind of just doing your own thing and learning as you go? Ooh. Um. Although you sound like you're kind of already experts in traveling anyway. <laughs> Maybe you should be writing the book <laughs> rather than reading it. <laughs> hopefully someday. Hopefully someday. Um, yeah. You know, we, 
from a travel perspective, um, some of the resources that we use for RVing is like the mm-hmm. like Facebook groups. Right. You know, Facebook like groups the have been huge for us. Full time RVers group on Facebook, which has been blowing up in recent months. You know, yeah. I think I've seen it. I think we joined when there was like fifteen thousand people on there. Now there's like forty five thousand people. Whoa. Yeah. I I think we joined like sometime last year. Mm. About this time ish last year. There's like 15,000 people. And that was like where I asked so many questions like, how do you do this? Um, What do you, what is this thing for? Right. We would just post pictures. What is this thing? Yeah. Like I I didn't even have have those questions. Yeah. Yeah. We do too. We do too. We still do. I'm Um, like, how, what, what is this thing called? I I don't even have the the enough knowledge to call. Like I don't even know how to ask this question. I don't exactly. Exactly. Um, But yeah, like our, I would say if you're, if you're like considering RVing and you need like a resource, um, jump in some Facebook groups and just like start. That one in particular though. Yeah. That one in particular, um, there was also like an RV interiors group that I joined when we were doing the renovations and stuff. And people are like really helpful. Everybody has an opinion. Um, and so, you know posting in those groups was really what like got us on the road a lot of inspiration um, and and know. so so yeah definitely facebook groups <laughs> all right and i did finally remember the question that was driving me crazy Sweet. from earlier awesome. <laughs> so we'll go way back <laughs> let's do so, it so both of you, or at least annabelle i read that you had lived abroad in several places and christian you're were born in the Philippines. I don't know if you've ever right. really lived there outside of when you were a baby. But um, tell us about just living abroad and how those experiences were. And I don't know. I've never done it. So tell me about it. Sure. Um, so my kind of first experience living abroad was in um, middle school. Uh, my parents are both uh, university professors. And so they actually got a you know, visiting professorship, I guess, at the University of Sydney in Australia. And uh, so we, you know, my sister and I, I have a younger sister, um, got like a, you know, we we actually uh, were enrolled in like a, a school in Australia. Um, and from there, you know, I spent time living in Madrid, obviously in college, and I think just, like, interacting with people that are different uh, from you, uh, even just, like, I mean, in Australia, it's obviously, like, a, I mean, it, it's Spain, too. They're, like, developed nations. Um, in, in Australia, they speak the same language, although they have a lot of, like, colloquial, obviously, differences, um, which we would we would laugh about a lot in school. Um, but I think just, like, the experience of being in another culture uh, is uh, it just kind of broadens your perspective, you know, because like living in the U.S., like we've had so much fun on this road trip, um, even just seeing the the regional differences in in the U.S. and like, oh, you know, the things that Californians, Christians got me saying the five and the 15 and the... When it comes to... When it comes to highways. Freeways. Freeways. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Spent a lot of time in California. 
Yeah, and um, you know, we noticed that like in the Pacific Northwest, everybody's into like drive-through coffee shops, and also the passing lanes are on the, you know, the left-hand side instead of the right-hand side. There's just like, there's like these little quirks that we're noticing even within the U.S. But like being abroad, you realize like, wow, there's actually like a lot of ways of doing things in the world, and you sometimes think like, oh, I'm, you know, my way is the right way, or like I've figured this stuff out. And then, like, just being around people who do things differently or think differently than you um, is really is really eye-opening because you're like, wow, like, there's a lot of options for me. There's a lot of ways that I could look at this. And um, it kind of just broadens your perspective. Um, and, yeah, it really, like, sent me on a trajectory of of exploring the world and interacting with people that are different from me um, that I don't think I would have had if I never left Chicago, which is where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, having grown up, because I, I, I did grow up a little bit in the Philippines. I, I left when I was seven and then that's when I came to the U.S. But looking at my life as compared to like my cousins, for example, you know, they're still there's there's a real stark difference in our like worldviews i think you know because they obviously don't travel as much as 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 i do um and a us passport is like a right <laughs> right i mean a lot i, of I privilege have there. <laughs> i do have i i do have yeah. um one person one cousin who who owns a travel agency um in the philippines so she travels a lot within the region um but she caters to tourists and and, and stuff like that for her business um, so I don't know if she has the same perspective as me. Um, so it, it's, it's, I think it's shaped me coming from that, you know, environment from the Philippines. Um, at that point, I guess it was a third, third world nation. I don't know what designation, <laughs> what designation it is now, but, you know, and then moving here to the U S it definitely changed who I became as opposed to who you know, my, the rest of my relatives are. Well, I think I'll just like throw something in about you because I like bragging on you because I love <laughs> you so much. But Thanks, um, babe. <laughs> I think like one of the things that I see in you from that like life experience is that like you're all, you always have an eye for like the little guy and the underdog. Like you're always trying to like help people and bring people up. And I think that that perspective of of both traveling and also just like having that background of of growing up where you did like you're always looking for ways like all of your business ideas are always around like how can I do good in the world how can I help people um, and I think that was you know something that it is kind of something that you get from traveling um, that you realize like how interconnected we all are and how, even though we're different, we're, we're all the same. And like, we have the same, you know, hopes and dreams. Um, and so I see in you just kind of a desire to like make an impact and like help people. And, uh, I think that's maybe rooted in the way that you grew up. Hmm. I didn't even see that in myself. Well, that's a, good a lot to learn in two years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do what I can. <laughs> oh, thanks babe 
Okay, so thank you guys so much. Um, it's been a lot of great advice and a lot of great information uh, from you that we'll definitely have to summarize and stick on our page for everyone to follow up on after the show. Um, and of course, we are going to link to your podcast, Web Together, uh, on our show notes page. But is there anything else that you want to mention or promote while we have some time here? Sure. Um, so I, like I mentioned, I'm a video editor and one of the like primary things that I do is edit people's, uh, vacation films, uh, honeymoons, family travel, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, as I was, you know, working through, I edit a vlog for, for us at Swept Together, like just chronicling our adventure and something that I've noticed, um, just in my travels and also in the travels of my clients is that um, you know, we take tons of photos and videos and then they just like sit on our computer and nothing ever happens with them. And um, so I I kind of took that information and uh, I created uh, this program called the Juniper. And uh, I basically like help train people how to take videos on their vacations and I edit the footage together into, um, you know, kind of a video postcard of their trip that they can watch. And um, I have a free five-day email course on my website, um, evergreenlaneproductions.com. And you can just sign up right there. You get, like, all for free, just walking through how to take great video on your travels. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are traveling that are interested in travel that listen to this podcast. Um, if you've ever like thought, I wish I could just take video with my smartphone and it would turn out awesome. Well, I've got you covered. Uh, you can yeah. head to evergreenlaneproductions.com and sign up. Um, I actually taught Christian all of, all of my like yeah. tricks and he's the one who takes all the video. Uh, and for... I, I, I'm not a video <laughs> videographer at all. And so she taught me all those things that she that she has on her course. And, you know, I took all of our video in Antarctica. I take all of our video in, you know, on our RV tr adventures. And then I just, what's great is I just hand it over to her <laughs> and then she makes magic with it. And then it turns out, I look at it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like amazing work. This is awesome. I really love how I took. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's teamwork. Um, and so I just love, I love that. Um, I feel awesome because I'm like, look at this great footage I took. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, I hear that from a lot of my clients, uh, not just my fiance who says that stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, evergreenlaneproductions.com, you can sign up for it's uh, how to create amazing travel video. It's a five-day free email course. And uh, yeah, go out there and capture well, your adventures. <laughs> yeah, because I've often asked myself, you know, why I'm not taking more videos. So I'll definitely check that out. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you think. And then what we've been checking out is swepttogether.com, and then you guys are on Facebook. Is there mm -hmm. any other social media you guys are on? Yeah, we're everywhere. Um, Instagram, everywhere. Twitter, Facebook. Just look for Swept Together. Yeah, um, I think ins together. Instagram's probably where we're at most of the time. Yeah. Um, if you want most up-to-date information about where we're at, uh, Instagram, at Swept Together. 
Sounds great. And I notice we're a measly 2,000 miles from each other, so hopefully we'll <laughs> run into each other at some point. Yeah, well, we well, are, we're headed your way. We're so. heading eastward. Um, this is our yeah. eastward leg, so at some point in the fall, we'll be in the northeast, and mm. then um, after after Belize, we'll be traveling, you know, down the, the southeast, yeah, down to Florida, and then make it make our way to Florida by December first. Yeah, awesome. so it sounds like our paths should cross at some point. So we'll yeah. have to have a sure. get together and hang out. Yeah, where, we would love where that. are you guys? We are currently in Rhode Island. I had to think for a second. We just moved yesterday. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> nice. nice. We're in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Cool, oh. Portsmouth. All awesome. right. Well, we'll yeah. we'll probably head in that direction at some point in the next two months. Yeah. We'll definitely hit you up, and uh, if if our paths can tr- can cross, and we will be yeah. glad to meet That'd you. That'd be great. Definitely. And we have the next two months planned out. And after that, we didn't plan anything because <laughs> being born and raised in Tennessee and Georgia, we're a little scared of cold weather. So we didn't know what to do after that. So we're like, oh, <laughs> give it a month and then we'll see how we're feeling <laughs> in August and see if it's, you know, getting a little, I mean, I know it's not going to be cold in August, but. I have well, a, you're afraid of cold weather. I love cold, cold weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be fine at least until October. Yeah. I mean, we're going to go. I, I was like, I'm not going to drive this thing in the snow or, or live in it in the cold. We're going to go to Florida for, for the <laughs> <Yeah>. winter. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's what we did last year. It's a good decision. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I know we did. We had a great time talking to them. I'll make it a short outro since I know that was a long interview. Just be sure to check them out at swepttogether.com. Look them up on social media. I know they have it all, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're Swept Together. There you can find them if you search. And do the same for us. Be sure to search Facebook, Twitter for Thinking Liberty or go to facebook.com slash listentl and twitter.com slash listentl to find us there. So I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we're going to be in Rhode Island for another week. So if you have any recommendations to throw our way, please connect with us on Twitter, on Facebook, or email us through the website, thinkingliberty.com. Let us know what's good in Rhode Island, what we should be seeing. And also, I know we dropped a lot of resources on this. We talked about different books, different websites, things like that. You're going to be able to find all that at thinkingliberty.com slash 14. Those are the show notes page for this episode. So be sure to check that out and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Thinking Liberty. Subscribe to the show for free on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher at thinkingliberty.com. You'll also find detailed show notes pages, articles by Zach and Sarah, and more. We'll see you next time.